weeks. I spent lots of time floating in the pool. It was summer. I did fear releasing like my midwife recommended. And if people don't know what that is, it's just writing down anything that you're afraid of, whether it's, oh, I'm scared I might have to transfer to the hospital or I'm scared I'm going to tear or anything. Even if it's just a silly fear, write it down until it's not in your head anymore and let it go. And I think it was, it was a Thursday. I went into work just one day to train the person that was going to fill in for me on my maternity leave. And it happened to be a full moon that night. And I was convinced that the full moon was going to pull me into labor. I just knew I'd been listening to hypnobirthing for the last two weeks, doing all the things, doing like the clary sage and rosemary oils and bouncing on my ball, walking, walking, walking. And sure enough, Thursday night after I had trained my backup, full moon was at 936. And I'm laying there and I'm like, okay, am I going to get a contraction? You can't make these up in your head. Kid you not, an hour later on the dot, 1036, I had like what felt like a cramp. And I was like, okay, no, this can't be it. Like, I'm just, I'm in my head. I told myself this would be the day that I was going to go into labor. There's no way it'll happen. Sure enough, my contractions just started picking up. I didn't want to wake my husband up because he has a lot of anxiety. And I figured if I woke him up, I was just going to get out of my zone and things would slow down. I was really, really surrendered. I spent from 1030 to about 4am just kind of sitting out in my living room, riding the waves, breathing through, spending time in the shower. And about five o'clock, his alarm went off to go to work. And I went in and I was like, I think you should stay home today. And it's like, oh, what do you mean? I'm like, well, I'm definitely in labor. And he's like, what do you mean? You didn't wake me up. And <laughs> like, no, I've just kind of been hanging out all night. And around six o'clock, I decided to call my midwife. I did not want to call her in the middle of the night. I just, I wanted her to be able to sleep, even though, of course, my phone timer is like, oh, it's time to go to the hospital. My contractions had really picked up, but I just really listened to my body and I knew, no, it's not time yet. And so, like I said, around six o'clock, I called her and I was like, hey, I think I might be in labor. I'm having consistent contractions. My water hadn't broken. Didn't lose my mucus plug. I wiped and I thought I saw maybe a tiny bit of pink on the toilet paper, but I also wasn't sure if I was making that up in my head. So I just kind of let her know. Checked in with her around six o'clock. And then by nine o'clock, I was like, okay, these contractions are really strong. We had about a 45 minute drive to get to the birth center. And I knew that I needed to get in the car because I wasn't going to be able to handle it much, much longer. And my midwife was like, are you sure you can stay home and stay comfortable? And I told her like, no, I need to get there and I'll be able to fully relax and be good. So we got in the car working at the birth center. It was nice. I already had my birth bag there and my baby's car seat. So everything was ready to go. We got there around 10 o'clock, I think. And just being in the birth center, a whole wave of warmth just washed over me. I came in, I was walking around the garden a little bit, bouncing on my ball. My blood pressure was the lowest it's ever been in my life. I was so calm and zen and it was, it was really great. I'm Angela, and you're listening to My Main Birth, a space where we share the real-life stories of families and their unique birth experiences in the beautiful state of Maine. From our state's biggest hospitals to birth center births and home births, every birth story deserves to be heard and celebrated. From the first feelings of pregnancy to the first cry of your newborn, we explore the journey of childbirth in all of its beauty, intensity, and emotion. Whether you're a soon-to-be mom, a seasoned mother, or simply interested in the world of birth, these episodes are for you. As part of my commitment to capturing these incredible moments, I'm proud to offer my birth photography services to families throughout Maine. 
As an experienced photographer, I'm dedicated to capturing the beauty and emotion of this special moment in your life. And I create a personalized and intimate photo album that you will treasure forever. For all of the information, head over to mymainphoto.com and fill out the form to schedule a call with me. Now sit back, relax, and join me as we dive into the world of childbirth in Maine and discover the joy, strength, and love that is at the heart of every birth story. Today's birth story guest is Taylor. She shares her experience of starting her care with an obstetrician, and then at seven months pregnant, she decided to switch her birth plan, and she gave birth to her daughter at the birth center at Northern Sun Family Healthcare. She also talks about how your mindset really plays a huge role in your birth experience. Hi, Taylor. Welcome to My Main Birth. Hi. So to get right into it, do you want to share a little bit about you and your family? Yeah. Um, So my husband and I, we got married right before we had our baby. Um, Like we just happened to elope. We got married at the bank about a month before we had her because we wanted to be able to do that for her. Neither of our parents were married. So we just wanted to do that. Um, We live in Lewiston. He works in construction and I work actually at a naturopath office and birth center. And I started working there through during my pregnancy. I was seven months pregnant when I started there. So. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. So can you share a little bit about when you first found out you were pregnant and your initial thoughts when choosing your care? Yeah. So I actually had been struggling with women's health for quite some time. Um, I had met with my OB and she had told me, oh, I think you have endometriosis. Like it's going to be really hard for you to get pregnant. I was 20. 25 when she first told me that. So that was kind of really hard to hear at such a young age. But um, I really started to focus on my health. And I've always been drawn towards natural medicine. So I actually stopped taking all like birth control, any prescription meds just by choice, because I felt like that's what I needed to do. And actually, within probably a month of stopping the depot, I had gotten pregnant, didn't think it was going to happen because in my head, I was like, oh, never going to happen. We had been kind of trying for two or so years when I had taken pregnancy test after pregnancy test and my period was so irregular and it was never positive. And so the period was about three to five days late. And I was like, oh, I'll just take one more. And sure enough, it was positive. And I was shaking. I was so excited. I was kind of in denial at the same time because I'm like, no, this isn't real. And of course, sent my husband to the store to get about 10 more tests and every single one of them were positive. <laughs> So I was working at a pediatric office at the time. So of course, we're getting in new babies from the hospital all the time. I was just like, okay, I'll call. I go to St. I was going to St. Mary's for my women's health. So I was like, okay, I'll just go there. Routine. I had seen some things about uh, home birth. This woman, Ellen Fisher, that I followed on Instagram a few years back, I was just in love with her birth stories, but never even considered that an option for myself. But after about five, six months of being pregnant, I was really, really sick. I was Like I vomited every single day until my baby was born and I was just really burnt out at my job. Wasn't what I wanted to be doing anymore. And I just woke up one morning. Like I said, I was seven months pregnant. I emailed Northern Sun, the birth center and naturopath office. And I was like, I don't know if you guys hire a medical assistant. I'm also seven months pregnant. I hadn't gotten my COVID vaccine. So that was a big make or break for most hospitals. And I was just on a whim. Would you guys hire me? And I actually got an interview the next day. And I had never seen a birth center. And once I saw the birth center, I was like, oh my gosh, I think this is where I need to have my baby. I had established that St. Mary's 
I had done most routine care through them up until about 20 or so weeks. And then I actually got a call from them saying that they were going to be closing down the Women's Health Center two weeks before my due date and that I would need to transfer out. So I had tried another routine OB office and I was going to deliver at CMMC. And then as soon as I got the job, I just felt like everything aligned. And I was like, nope, I'm going to have my baby at the birth center. I had done no research, but I just knew that that's where I needed to have my baby. Was your interview with Sarah? Yeah, it was. Yeah. And I just fell in love with her. She's such an amazing person. Midwives are just incredible. They're incredible. And like I said, I hadn't done any research. I was just kind of go with the flow. I knew that whatever was supposed to happen with pregnancy would happen. But if it wasn't for my midwife, I wouldn't know half the things I know now. And I love sharing my story and I love advocating for other women. So they know that there's options and the education out there. Yeah. Yeah. So important. Yeah, it really is, especially for young women who have absolutely no idea. Yeah, there's no education around birth in high school. And for a lot of people, all you know is when you get pregnant, you go to the hospital and have a baby. Yeah. And like the importance of that village that we don't have anymore, like the actual physical village, like women used to watch their moms and grandmas help the babies. And we just don't have that anymore. And it's sad. And I want that to come. It's I think it's coming around. It's definitely in the works. But the more people that can do this, and I love these podcasts, they're so important. Yeah, I totally agree. Sharing stories and having the community is so valuable. So what did the rest of your pregnancy look like after you switched? You probably did any testing that you wanted with your OB. I did my like OB panel. I had done the maternity 21. I wanted to know like the genetic testing. I wanted to know the gender. I had done my 10 week and my 20 week anatomy scan. And then what really like turned the page for me, I saw a friend post about the fresh test because in my head, I did not want to do the glucola. I had already convinced myself that I was going to pass out at the office before I even tried it. Major anxiety around it. And someone had told me about the fresh test. And I always had a hard time advocating for myself. And I had brought it to my OB's attention. And she's like, oh, you know, those things aren't always like accurate. They're not really approved. And I brought her a pamphlet. And I said, look, this is from the FDA. This is from the American Diabetes Association. Like, other OB offices carry this as an option for their, their moms. And she was like, you know what? All right, I'll let you do it. And she took the pamphlet. And that was like the big turning point for me. Cause I didn't know what I was going to do, but I knew if I had to drink the glucola at that office visit, I would no longer be seeing that OB <laughs> because just for me, if you couldn't listen to what I was trying to ask for, I couldn't, I couldn't do that for me or my baby. So that's when I had first transferred. And the first biggest difference that I noticed was my first visit with my midwife was over an hour long versus my 15 minute. Oh, yep, Heartbeat's good. All right. Any questions? And you're on your way. And it seemed like when I did have questions before, there was a long time to get an answer because I couldn't get in with the OB, which is fine. They're very busy. They're seeing so many patients, but that one-on-one and quality care with a midwife really like opened the doors for me too. Like she took time, educated me, answered my questions. And I just felt so safe. Yeah. It really makes such a big difference to have that kind of support. Yeah. Now tell me about your labor and birth. Yeah. So I had known since I'd been sick through pregnancy that I really wanted to take, like, once I hit that 37 week point, just stop working. I don't, I don't know how mamas do it. Props to them that work all the way through. I know some people don't have an option, but I really wanted to just 
focus in on myself. I had talked to my midwife a lot about fear releasing. I had been listening to another birth podcast and this woman shared her story about how her birth was a rebirth for herself and she was able to explore her traumas. And I wanted that for myself so badly, but I was also trying to keep in mind that I'm not going to have the exact story that somebody else has. So I did a lot of preparation the last two weeks. I spent lots of time floating in the pool. It was summer. I did fear releasing like my midwife recommended. And if people don't know what that is, it's just writing down anything that is you're afraid of, whether it's, oh, I'm scared I might have to transfer to the hospital or I'm scared I'm going to tear or anything. Even if it's just a silly fear, write it down until it's not in your head anymore and let it go. And I think it was, it was a Thursday. I went into work just one day to train the person that was going to fill in for me on my maternity leave. And it happened to be a full moon that night. And I was convinced that the full moon was going to pull me into labor. I just knew I'd been listening to hypnobirthing for the last two weeks, doing all the things I was doing, like the clary sage and rosemary oils and bouncing on my ball, walking, walking, walking. And sure enough, Thursday night after I had trained my backup, full moon was at 936. And I'm laying there and I'm like, okay, am I going to get a contraction? You can't make these up in your head. Kid you not, an hour later on the dot, 1036, I had like what felt like a cramp. And I was like, okay, no, this can't be it. Like, I'm just, I'm in my head. I told myself this would be the day that I was going to go into labor. There's no way it'll happen. Sure enough, my contractions just started picking up. I didn't want to wake my husband up because he has a lot of anxiety. And I figured if I woke him up, I was just going to get out of my zone and things would slow down. I was really really surrendered. I spent from 1030 to about 4am, just kind of sitting out in my living room, riding the waves, breathing through, spending time in the shower. And about five o'clock, his alarm went off to go to work. And I went in and I was like, I think you should stay home today. And it's like, Oh, what do you mean? I'm like, well, I'm definitely in labor. And he's like, what do you mean? You didn't wake me up. And <laughs> like, no, I've just kind of been hanging out all night. And around six o'clock, I decided to call my midwife. I did not want to call her in the middle of the night. I just I wanted her to be able to sleep, even though, of course, my phone timer is like, oh, it's time to go to the hospital. My contractions had really picked up, but I just really listened to my body and I knew, no, it's not time yet. And so, like I said, around six o'clock, I called her and I was like, hey, I think I might be in labor. I'm having consistent contractions. My water hadn't broken. Didn't lose my mucus plug. I wiped and I thought I saw maybe a tiny bit of pink on the toilet paper, but I also wasn't sure if I was making that up in my head. Um, so I just kind of let her know. but. Checked in with her around six o'clock. And then by nine o'clock, I was like, okay, these contractions are really strong. We had about a 45 minute drive to get to the birth center. And I knew that I needed to get in the car because I wasn't going to be able to handle it much, much longer. And my midwife was like, are you sure you can stay home and stay comfortable? And I told her like, no, I need to get there and I'll be able to fully relax and be good. So we got in the car working at the birth center. It was nice. I already had my birth bag there and my baby's car seat. So everything was ready to go. We got there around 10 o'clock, I think. And just being in the birth center, a whole wave of warmth just washed over me. I came in, I was walking around the garden a little bit, bouncing on my ball. My blood pressure was the lowest it's ever been in my life. I was so calm and Zen and it was, it was really great. And I think around it kind of all meshes together. But my husband, um, I really had pictured my birth. I needed to do it on my own. I wanted to be on my own. And when I needed people, I would call them. And my husband had actually fallen asleep on the bed in the birth center. And I was just kind of 
laboring in the tub, rocking back and forth. And I started to feel like I needed to push all of a sudden. It just came on really, really fast. And I'm like, babe, babe. And he's not waking up. And so I like started to panic a little and I'm like, oh my gosh, I need him to wake up. And I'm like screaming his name and he's not waking up. So I took a washcloth and I literally hucked it at him and he woke up and I'm like, I need you to run upstairs and get Sarah. Like, I think I need to push. And the midwives, they hadn't, I'd been alone laboring for probably a good hour to two hours. And they got me up, brought me to the toilet. And they said, sometimes this is a good place. She wasn't quite sure that I was ready to push yet. I was having really bad back labor. And so I feel like I was having a hard time progressing. She offered me the sterile water injection in my lower back to kind of take some of that pressure off. And I was like, okay, yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That is the most painful thing I have ever done in my life. It was worse than the contractions, but honestly, it did the trick. It took the pressure off my back. And within 30 minutes, um, I was in the tub. I was on my hands and knees and I was just like feeling around and I could feel a bulge and I was a little nervous. I had asked my midwife and she said, Oh, it looks like you might have a little bit of a cervical lip. Like Try not to push quite yet. Just breathe and let that open. We'll come to find out it was actually her bag of waters. It had never broken. So that's what we were feeling. And I felt a lot better after that. And so I just kind of relaxed. And I was just, again, I got a whole wave of anxiety. And I was like, I can't, I can't do this. And then I just took a big deep breath, surrendered myself. And I had her head in my hand. And it was the most amazing thing ever. Um, She was still in her bag. Um, My husband came over and he ended up catching her. I only pushed, I think like three times and she came right out again in her bag of waters. My midwife said it's like a mermaid birth on call. They're said to be healers and really special, special babies. It was, yeah, it was the most incredible thing. And it's really, it's really great seeing pictures and stuff. There's a video someone took of me and I laugh every time because you think of birth being this horrible, painful thing. And there's a picture of me kicking my leg over and pulling my baby up. And I'm like, oh, that wasn't that bad. (laughs) And it was the most incredible thing. Yeah, I screamed. I felt that ring of fire for sure. But afterwards, it was like the pain went away. I was terrified for some reason of the placenta. My whole pregnancy, I, everyone's like, oh, it's squishy. It's the easy part. Don't worry about it. And sure enough, (laughs) that fear. It took me about three hours. We had hit a three hour mark and we had tried everything, herbs. I tried to pee. We did Pitocin and my placenta just was not coming out. And I felt defeated at that point because I had been trying to nurse my baby and my husband had her and she was on his chest and he was the one doing skin to skin with her, which is still so beautiful. But I wanted that to be me. And I got really scared and I ended up asking if we could go to the hospital. which is fine. Now that I look back at it, I feel like I had failed myself in the moment. And I was like, how did you birth this baby all on your own? Like no pain meds, nothing. And now you can't get your placenta out. Like what a fool. And it was the worst, worst feeling ever. But I got to, we transferred over to mid coast. We didn't have to call or anything. We just let them know we were coming over, drove over in the car with my brand new baby. And I just really had to pee and they wanted me to pee laying down in the bed. And I was like, I can't, I can't do that. You're all staring at me. Like, I just need to get up and go to the bathroom. And I went to the bathroom finally, got back up on the table. And right before they were going to bring me down to the OR, um, she's like, why don't you just try one more time? And she yanked that thing right out of me. And I didn't have to go in for surgery. I got to bring my placenta back to the birth center. And then we went and did the newborn exam. And my baby was completely healthy and fine. And I was fine. And yeah, it was the most incredible experience, even though 
I felt like I had failed myself. I look back and I'm like, what a lesson and what a story to share with other people. And just the little things sometimes too, that fear got in the way. And it shows how important just like letting go and how important your mind is during labor. So you were able to go to the hospital and then just go right back to the birth center. Yes, thankfully, because that was my other fear. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm here. They're going to have me stay overnight. And that was the last thing I wanted to do. But really all she did was give it a little tug and it came out and she actually, I needed a few stitches. So um, while I was there, she sutured me up, but yes, thankfully they let me go right back to the birth center. Cause that was my biggest fear too. I'm like, I just did all of this. I want to go home and be with my husband and my baby. And they let me yeah. thank goodness, <laughs> which I mean, if I really was like, no, I'm going home anyway, I could have, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, under but, that yeah. pressure, I probably would have been like, okay, I'll stay. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Um, And of course, my husband was like, Oh, my gosh, our baby's okay. Like, I need you to be okay. He was kind of really emotional at that point, too. And so it made him feel better that I went over and my midwife had asked me she's like, could have done this and that. And like, she told me she could have gone in and tried to detach the placenta herself. But at that point, in my mind, I was like, No, I'm going to hemorrhage. And I, I reassured her that she did absolutely everything, everything I needed. And they let her come in with me. Thank goodness. Um, so I know sometimes they think we're a little crazy coming from the birth center, but we're not the only ones. They get it all the time and they have to have an open mind as well. So, and like, I, I have no problem with um, people that choose to have OBs for their, their care. Whatever makes you feel safe and comfortable is so important. Just for me, I knew I could never do that again. Like next time I'll have my baby at home. I know that for sure. And yeah. So funny, the progressions you take with each birth. <laughs> I know. It is really funny. I had gone to nursing school for two and a half years and I was doing my labor and delivery rotation. And the day I was supposed to go deliver a baby, I dropped out. I was like, I can't do that. I'm terrified. And now I'm obsessed with birth. I just finished my doula training. Um, so I'll be offering those services and I'm doing an herbalist training so I can hopefully coincide those and I actually just gathered a few moms and I'm going to be hosting some postpartum mom gatherings at my home here soon. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. we really need more of that. Yeah, definitely the focus on postpartum too, because it's hard. <laughs> I yeah. have a hard baby. I love her, but she is a hard baby. Yeah. How was your postpartum time? Yeah. Working at a birth center, it was really nice. I had no stress or pressure on when I needed to be back at work. And they also told me if I wanted to bring her, I could, which I tried. But turns out she hates the car. Most babies calm down in the car, but she would scream bloody murder. She was very, very colicky. She would cry most days all day up until about seven months. We're at 11 months now. So we're kind of breaking that and we're finally able to go out and do things. But I didn't know about postpartum anger. (laughs) And I think that's another important thing. Like people talk about anxiety and depression and the whole idea of the I think the term now actually is like perinatal mood disorders because it can start during pregnancy, throughout pregnancy, after pregnancy. And I think it's important. People think of postpartum as the first two weeks when it really is the first two years and things come up and you have to do a lot of learning and unlearning. And yeah, postpartum is definitely, it's a hard time, but it's important and it's really great to have a village and you can do a meal train. My midwife had told me, don't let anybody come over unless they have the intent of doing something, whether it's taking out the trash, doing laundry, like the moms need the support. The babies have everything they need. And I think that's a big thing to pass forward as well, to have that support. And some people have supportive partners and others don't. And it doesn't have to be your partner. There's more people out there. And I think that's important for people to realize too. Yeah, totally. You've got the baby, but everyone else needs to hold you. Yeah, definitely. 
So are there any resources or things that were helpful for you throughout your pregnancy that you'd like to share? I mean, I definitely love Ina May's Guide to Childbirth. Um, Reading those positive birth stories was super important to me. I think that needs to be shared too. Everything negative always pops up and reading, reading positive birth stories is so important so that you know it's not all a horror show. Preparing, doing research is so important. I think finding doulas are very important, whether it's for your pregnancy, during, or even after postpartum doulas are an amazing, amazing resource. My goal is to try to offer services at like prorated fees for a while to help those that really just need that support and can't afford it. But yeah, interview your midwives, find the right fit. And when you're safe and comfortable, birth can be exactly what you want it to be. All right. Well, now can you share a little bit more about your doula business? That's exciting. Where are you at with that? So I just finished um, my third training birth. So I just need to submit everything. I think it's going to go along with our herbal business, which is Right Family Remedies. So I think it's just going to be Right Birth Doula, right with a W. And then I have a woman that's also finishing up her training and is an herbalist as well. And I think we're going to buddy up to be each other's backups. But I'm located in Lewiston, Maine, and I work out of Topsom, so I travel. But yeah, I think it'll be Right Birth Doula and... We're just going to try to run with my own little business. And yeah. Okay, perfect. I will link all of your information in the show notes. You're at Right Birth Doula. That's right with a W. W R I G H T Birth Doula. And again, all of that is linked in the show notes. And thank you so much, Taylor, for sharing your story today. Ah, Thank you for having me. And that's the end of another episode of the My Main Birth Podcast. Thank you for joining me and listening. I hope that the stories shared here have been inspiring and informative to all of my listeners. If you're looking to capture your own birth story, I highly recommend considering my birth photography services. I'm a professional photographer and I'm very passionate about capturing the raw and emotional moments of the birthing process. And I design a personalized and intimate photo album, creating a beautiful and lasting memory of one of the most special moments of your life. For more information, head over to mymainphoto.com and schedule a call with me. Thanks again for tuning in, and I look forward to bringing you more amazing birth stories. Don't forget to subscribe and leave me a review, and I'll see you back here again next week.